for the 34th division of the book of Psalms. And uh, this message started out in one direction, wound up in another. And I'll explain that in just a moment when we get down to verse number 8 or so. We begin our reading in verse number 1. I will bless the Lord at all times, Psalms 34.1. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I circled the word me and the word us and together. I believe it should be the desire of every home especially every Christian home, be hard to do it otherwise, that their desire in their Christian marriage would be fulfilled that verse. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Desire of every Christian home. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. I want to look back in verse number 8, and as I mentioned a moment ago, this message kind of started out about the goodness of the Lord. I've been thinking about that all week long, obviously, as we come to this Thanksgiving season. We had a Thanksgiving service on Tuesday night here, and uh, person after person was talking about how thankful they are to the Lord for his goodness and how good he had been uh, to them. And so it's just been kind of just kind of running through my mind all through the week about the goodness of the Lord, the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living and how good God is and how it has become something of a motto for most people. If you say the Lord is good, somebody will uh, inevitably, they'll say all the time. And uh, that's just something that we've gotten accustomed to. And I think sometimes when we're, we get so accustomed to things, we really lose the detailed meaning of what we're saying. The Lord is good all the time. He's good all the time. And so I've been studying on that and preparing a message on the goodness of the Lord. And as I was studying, the latter part of the verse just prevailed over the, the uh, first part of the verse, the part of it that said, Blessed or blessed is the man that trusteth in him. And uh, knowing the nature of what's going on in the book of Psalms, you know what David's been going through and uh, some disappointments that he has faced, some trials that he has faced, his own sin that he's now uh, grappling with and, and uh, trying to find some sympathy and no one seems to be sympathetic as they weren't with Job, neither were they with David in this time in his life. And so uh, he's, uh, he's having a difficult time finding somebody that he can trust. It's amazing to me of all the things that have changed in my lifetime. 73 years old, born in 1950. And uh, in a day and hour, I was just a child, but I, I, I understand a little bit about it. 
But there was a day in our fair land that you could trust in people. Uh, you could trust in the politician. Didn't matter which party they were from. You could, they were, back in those days, they were statesmen rather than politicians. And their word was their bond and they were honest and they would tell you the truth for the most part. But our, our nation and its culture has so changed in the last 50 to 60 years to where that is no longer true. It is very difficult to find somebody that you can really trust in. At one time, you could trust in politicians. There were times in my lifetime that you could trust in preachers, but that's not always the case anymore. And uh, the list just goes on and on and on. And I, you know, I, I don't want to mention any particular vocation or whatever in particular, uh, but the reality of it is it's hard to find anybody that you can trust today. Matter of fact, if you'll talk with your local banker about how you can trust people, he'll probably fill you in, fill in the blanks that I can't even fill in. And, uh, and so on and so forth. There was a time. Now get me. Get what I'm saying about this. There was a time that you could trust in people. My dad was part of that generation. If he told you something, he would do it if it took his life to get it done. If he told you he would do something or if he told you uh, he would, if he borrowed something from you and, and he was like his daddy and his granddad, uh, granddaddy ahead of him, that if they told you something, you could trust that it would come to pass. Not true today. Not true today. I don't know what it is that has changed the culture in America. But David was experiencing something along that line. And uh, as he was going through these difficult times in his life, he couldn't find anybody that he could trust in. And so our text is found in verse number 8, and this is not a new message. There are some new thoughts along the way. Finding someone to trust in. Trust is mentioned more than 70 times in the book of Psalms. That's about in half the chapters. The battle is today is finding someone to trust in. Who can we trust today? The middle verse in the Bible, Psalms 118 in verse number 8, the very middle of our scripture. From in the middle between Genesis 1-1 and Revelation 22-21, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men. I didn't make anything up. The reality of it is that it's, it's very... It's a very scary thing to put our trust in certain things and certain people. In Psalms 2 and verse number 12, Blessed are all they that put their trust in Him. Psalms 37 and verse number 3, Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily, truly, thou shalt be fed. The word trust is defined in these ways. It's defined as a person, a place, or thing. Number one, that we can believe in. Something that we can believe in. Now, I don't want to elaborate on each one of these things, but I just kind of want to just kind of dig into your thoughts for just a moment. And, and uh, what can you really believe in today? What can you really believe in? Trust is defined as a person or a place or a thing to believe in, number two, to rely upon. Number three, 
to lean on. Number four, to have assurance of. And number five, someone or something or someplace that you can look unto. There was a time that even in our land that the churches, I mentioned preachers just a little bit ago, and, and, uh, and uh, even when it comes to the church this day and hour, you're not sure, you're just not sure. And if you take any time to listen or to watch church on television or whatever the case may be, or listen uh, to some of the secular uh, ideologies as far as religion is concerned in the world, you'll find out that very quickly that you'll not be able to put your trust in people. So there's some that we cannot trust in. There's some that we cannot trust in. I wish I could spend time on those five things, but I've got to move along quickly. Here are some things that we cannot trust in. According to God's word in Psalms 20 in verse number 27, said that some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord. Elsewhere in the scripture, it talks about those who trust in walls and those who trust in fences and the land of peace wherein thou trust. But all of these things, are very shallow when it comes to placing our trust. Psalms 49 in verse number 6 and 7, the Bible said, they that trust in their wealth. Remember the, the man that's described to us there in uh, the book of Luke in chapter number 15. And he's gathered in all of this stuff and he has all of these things and, and he has money and he has he has. Uh, uh, all kind of in, uh, perhaps investments and endowments and everything and he's putting his trust in that. Here's what the Bible said about that. They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in a multitude of their riches, verse number seven, none of them by means, by any means can redeem his brother or give ransom, give God ransom for him. You know, if we had it all, and uh, Brother Jenkins uh, exp explained it so clearly in the Sunday school hour this morning, uh, there's just nothing you, you do, do can, uh, to help yourself to heaven. Uh, there's just not anything that you can contribute except to give God a sinner when it comes to going to heaven and having your sins forgiven. And so if we have all the wealth of the world, we can't save one person from their sins. Here's another one, Psalms 146 in verse number three. Put not trust in princes, nor in the son of man, that is men, not the son of God, but the son of man, in whom there is no help. And the Bible goes on, there's others that we cannot trust. In, in uh, Proverbs 28 in verse number 26, he that trusteth in his own heart. And so we can't trust in princes, we can't trust in in money, we can't trust in other things. We can't trust in all of the chariots. We can't tr trust in princes. Oh, we can't trust in men. And then it kind of, the scope of it begins to narrow down. And we begin to learn that we cannot even trust in our own heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. So where can we put our trust? Where can we put our trust? We can't put our trust in our own heart. The Bible says that if a person does that, that, that they're a fool. But whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. 
The Bible talks in another place and it says clearly that you cannot put your trust in friends, that you cannot put your trust in brothers. And it speaks specifically about not putting your trust in vanity. Don't put your trust in words, saith the word of God. Don't put your trust in your heart. And don't put your trust in yourself. Ezekiel put it this way in 33 and verse number 13. In 33 and verse number 13. When I shall say to the righteous, he shall surely live. If he trusts in his own righteousness, listen now, if he trusts, all of our righteousness are his filthy rags. So we can't trust in ourselves. We cannot trust in others. We cannot trust in our own heart. We cannot trust in our own righteousness. If he trusts in his own righteousness and commit iniquity, all his righteousness shall no, shall no longer be remembered but his iniquity that he hath committed, he shall die for it. And so we see that in the scripture that these specific things are outlined and given to us that we very simply do not put our confidence and do not put our trust in. Now, let's think about it for just a moment. Where can we put our trust? Where can we on a rainy day like this? Where can we put our trust? There's only one that we can put our trust in. Psalms 4 and verse number 5. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. If I were to ask for a raise of hands this morning about our trust in the Lord, if, if it was kind of on a meter or a scale of 1 to 10, where does it come? How high when difficult times come in our life, when when we don't have a, uh, we have too much month at the end of the money and, and, uh, and uh, when difficulties and health and sickness, and I'll mention a few of those momentarily. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but how often do we go to him? I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, one of the areas, and, uh, and every once in a while, confession's good for the soul, I guess. I find myself not really trusting in him not trusting in him. You're sitting there like, huh? <laughs> right. And, uh, and every once in a while, I find myself telling the truth like I'm telling you right now. I don't, there's times that I don't put my trust in him. Let's, let's move on. We'll get to that in just a moment. Psalm 56 and verse number four, in God, I will praise his word. In God, have I put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. In our text, he said, O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. And so what can I do? What can I do when it comes to this matter of finding trust? I have three things that I'll say to you very quickly. Number one, if you turn with me, or you'll probably see it up on the screen, it's just a couple of pages over, I'd advise you to just turn over there in Psalms 37. What a beautiful chapter Psalms 37 is. Let's begin our reading in verse number 37 of Psalms 37. I want to say in the first place, I can trust God with my salvation. Amen. Amen. Did you expect something bigger and, and broader and wider? I can trust God with my salvation. I'm glad that I'm not trusting 
And I love Brother Allen. Nobody knows how much I love him. I love him for who he is and who he's been and who he's going to be for the glory of God. I love him for telling me about Jesus. And I'm so thankful that he did that way back in April of 1972. But you know who I'm trusting today for my salvation? I'm not trusting my works. They'd be far too few to get me in. I'm not trusting my baptism. I'm not trusting my 40, almost the first Sunday in January would be 48 years in the ministry. And uh, I'm not trusting my preaching and I'm not trusting my teaching and I'm not trusting my witnessing and my visiting and I'm not trusting my counsel time. I'm not trusting anyone but Jesus for my salvation. I can trust him. Just eliminating all others, we can trust God with our salvation. Listen to what he said in Psalms 37 and verse number 37. He said, Mark, the perfect man, behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. I like that. But the transgressors shall be destroyed. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. This thing's going to change one day. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in a time of trouble. Look at verse number 40. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them and shall deliver them from the wicked and save them and save them because they trust in him. Now, I realize that the, the, the word save and the word deliverance, uh, it they coincide, they run hand in hand, they're first cousins one with another, they're, they're synonymous of, of other uh, words that are given to us in the scripture about getting out of the trouble that we were in, the nation of Israel, the, the story of their exodus from the land of Egypt, it's a, it's a story of deliverance, Moses and Joshua in the name of Jesus, they all go together as, as, as being a deliverer, He's, they, they, they delivered their people. And so I'm glad this morning that as I I think about what he has done for me and how that he delivered me from who I was, I know that I'm not who I should be and I'm not who I ought to be and I'm not who I'll be one of these days. Thank God I'm not who I was. I'm not who I was. If you think I'm a rascal now, you should have known me then. If you think Jamie Southall is crooked now, you should have known him in, in, in grades, and I'm just picking at him. Trust in him. I, I don't know who said it. I heard it years ago, and I think it was in some kind of debate about baptismal regeneration and salvation by grace through faith. And I, I think that it kind of generated from, from one of those conversations But I heard somebody say, I don't know if it was my wife or someone else, but I heard somebody else say in a conversation on someone that was doubting their salvation, they were lacking assurance, they knew the Bible verses and everything else, and and these words, and I've just kind of circled these words in in my life and in my vocabulary. Listen to this. You can't go to hell trusting Jesus. You can't go to hell trusting him. 
I'm glad that we can trust God with our salvation, number two. And uh, it's over a little further in the book of Psalms, but we're still there. After all, over 70 times in, in the, the 150 chapters of the book of Psalms, we have the word trust. The psalmist is looking for someone, something, some place that he can put his confidence in. And he finds it. He finds it. Not only can we put our trust in God for our salvation, number two, very quickly, I can trust God with my life. Look in Psalms 56, and, and I've learned to love this chapter. This is one of my favorite chapters. Brother Greg Phillips preached a, a message from verse number, uh, uh, maybe, maybe a verse number nine, God is for me, several years ago, and, and I, I love that message. And, uh, but it made me go back and look at the entire chapter. I'm not going to take time to read it this morning. But in the, in the story, in the narrative, in verse number one, he talks about oppression. In verse number two, he talks about enemies. In verse number three, he talks about what time I am afraid I will trust in thee. In verse number four, once again, he mentions his trust. In the Lord, he would trust in his words. In that verse number six, he talks about uh, how that uh, his steps have been marked. And, and, uh, in, um, and, and all through these verses, he's talking about his enemies and his troubles and his trials and his difficulties and his shortcomings and all the things that are going on in his life. And he said, in the midst of all those things, I can still trust him. When everything is going south, when everything is going sour, when nothing is going my way, I can still trust in him. When they're talking, and he, he even makes mention of how they're resting his words, how they're twisting the very words that he said, and, and how that they've twisted what he'd done, and, and all of these kind of things. He said, even in all that, he said, when I'm in fear, I can trust him. Number two. Not only can we trust God with our salvation, number two, I can trust God with my life. The whole thing. The whole life. I can trust God with every aspect of my life. I, I can trust God with my living in my life. I can trust God for the end of my life. We can trust God all along the way. But do we? But do we? We can trust His Word because His Word is true. We can trust His way because His way is best. We can trust His will because His will is safe. We can trust Him. You may be grappling with the idea of God's Word. I heard someone say as I was, I was uh, coming down this morning, just a little bit after nine, had the radio on and uh, WCYN, I was listening and somebody on there had... had uh, they were making a comment about God's Word, God's Word. I'm so glad that I don't have any trouble with the truth of God's Word. Now, like it was stated in Sunday school this morning, I, I, don't, I don't know all of it. I don't understand all of it. I, I, I can't explain all of it. But I still know it's God's Word, and therefore it's true because it's His Word. There may even be times in my life that I don't agree with all of it. But we know that his, there was times that I didn't agree with my daddy, but I knew his word was 
His word was number one. His, his word was law. And God's word is law, whether we understand it or whether we believe it or agree with it or we, we grapple over it or we don't know what to think about it and, and we cannot explain this and that and the other. I asked my wife this morning during Sunday school, uh, Brother Jenkins was talking about the avail of the temple. And I asked her, I said, I wonder why sometimes it's spelled V-E-I-L and other times it's spelled V-A-I-L. I don't know why. And both of them in the New Testament. I know the difference in Greek and Hebrew and all those kind of things. And I can, I don't know why, I don't know why. But you know what? I can take a quarter of a baby aspirin and sleep well tonight and not even worry about it. Not even worry. Now some of you are going to go home and you'll come back tonight and you'll, you'll spend all afternoon trying to figure out why is it V-E-I-L sometimes and V-A-I-L at other times. If that one really, I can give you some others if you're interested. <laughs> We can trust his word because it's true. We can trust his way because it's best. I don't know where, I don't know where God has you right now. I don't, know, I don't know what God's doing in your life presently. I don't know what all you might be going through and all the difficulties that you might be facing. But if you're walking in God's way, you can be sure of this. It's the best way. Don't turn around and go back. Don't detour and miss, miss his way. Walk in his way because it's best. And stay in his will because it's safe. Stay in his will. So many people out of God's will today. So many people. So many people. Number one, I can trust God with my salvation. Number two, I can trust God with my life. And I have. And I have. Trust God with your life. Number three, in, in closing this morning, I can trust God with my eternity. We're still in the book of Psalms. You can turn back very close to where we started in chapter number, in, uh, chapter number uh, 36. In verses 5 through 10, he talks about it again. In verse number 5, he said in, uh, in, in 36... He said, Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Thy faithfulness reacheth unto the clouds. Thy righteousness is like great mountains. Thy judgment are a great deep. O Lord, Thou preservest man and beast. How excellent is Thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of Thy wings. But he doesn't end there. I can trust God with my eternity. They shall be abundantly satisfied with fatness of thy house, and thou shalt make them drink of the water, of the river rather, of thy pleasures. For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. O continue thy loving kindness unto them that know thee, and thy righteousness to the upright in heart. I'm glad this morning that I can trust God with my salvation. If I had to keep it, I'm glad that salvation is of the Lord and I'm glad that salvation is the Lord's. I can trust Him with my salvation. I can trust Him with my life. But you know, in that, 
I need to include, I can trust him with my family. In this day and hour, you sure better be trusting him with your family. Better be trusting him with your family. You can trust him with your possessions. You know, everything that we have comes from him. All of these bounties that we enjoy, they, they come from Him. They're just, our families, they come from Him. Our possessions, they come from Him. Everything is from Him, and so we can trust Him. The one that gave us these things is the one that we can trust with Him. You can trust God with your family. In case God were to speak to one of your children to be a missionary or or whatever the case, you can trust God with your family. I like this one. I have verses for them all. You can trust Him with your secrets. Now, you can't trust those blabbermouths down at church with them, <clears throat> but you can trust Him with your secrets. I've often said, I can keep a secret. It's just all those people that I tell that can't keep it. But you can trust Him with your secrets. There may be things that you cannot share with anyone. You're uncomfortable. You're uneasy. But you can go to Him with it. You can, you can trust Him with your secrets. You can trust Him with your burdens. Casting all your cares upon Him, for He cares for you. We can share our burdens one with another, and we should, and, and we're to bear one another's burdens. But that only goes so far with our burdens. Sometimes the burdens are more than you can bear, and they're more than your network of friends can bear with you. You have to go to Him. Sometimes we're just apparently forced to go to Him. We come to the end of the line, the end of the rope, whatever you want to define it as. What about those burdens? Can you take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there? Someone to trust in. Here's one that many of us kind of battle with. You can trust Him with your help. You can. You know, he knows exactly. He, I, I, I preached a, a message years ago that, uh, uh, about that he knoweth our frame. He knows our frame. I know he knows our mind. He knows our heart. He knows our thoughts. But he knows our frame. And when the Bible, uh, the Bible's talking about our, uh, uh, our, emotional framework and all of those kind of things, our mental framework and all that, but it's literally talking about He knows our frame. He knows how tall you are. He knows how much you weigh. He knows how many, He knows the color of your eyes. He knows your frame. He knows the number of the hairs on your head. And I'm not talking about the number... 3,976, I don't think I have that many. I used to. I used to have a big old head of hair like Asher. Where is he at? You look at my high school pictures, I, 
we looked almost like twins. I think I was a little bit more handsome, but he, he's not bad. <laughs> Had that big old curly hair and all that kind of stuff, you know, and it was just everywhere. It was everywhere. He doesn't just know how many they are. He knows them, number one, number two, which is number three, number four, number five, number six, number seven, eight, nine. He knows the number, the hairs on your head. Not just how many, but which one is which. He knows when a sparrow falls to the ground. He knows all about you. And you can put your trust in him. Would you pray for me that I would trust him more? That the Lord lets us, who knows what's going to happen, but if the Lord lets us go into the next year and, and uh, when, we, when we start making our New Year's resolutions, I want one of mine to be that I could trust him more. Trust him more. Just trust in him, Jonathan. Would you stand with us for prayer this morning? Someone to trust in.